Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you will find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers Welcome to Business Lines State of Economy podcast with the theme of marketing I'm Chitra Narayanan editorial consultant with Business Line Two recent reports have put the spotlight on household consumption in India one is a report by people research on india's consumer economy or price which is titled the rise of the middle class and which says that the size of the middle class is really increasing another report is by kantar it's called consumer connections 2023 and which talks about family size shrinking and how it's impacting consumption using these two reports as the peg in this podcast we would like to examine the changing consumption trends in india and the new middle class for this topic we have with us shiv shiv kumar operating partner of advent international he's a constant on this show and uh, has a wealth of insights on marketing subjects and we have mayank shah senior category head at parley products and mayank is here for a special reason because in the kanta report parley was ranked the number one brand welcome shiv and mayank and without much ado let's dive into the topic Welcome to the show, Mayank and Shir. Absolutely, a pleasure to be here, Chitra, along with Mayank. My pleasure to be here. Uh, to be part of this and Chitra. Yeah. So let me um, ask you to give your views on the. I mean, both are have very close views on the consumption and the middle class and the consumer. So, is the middle Indian middle class changing in terms of size, income, mindset, character, propensity to spend? Uh, you have your eyes close to the ground, so can you share your insights? Sure. So, be seeing you know huge change happening uh, by the virtue of uh, you know mobile and media being an enabler. We seeing a huge shift uh, in in the rural mindset. So, rural is no more what it was you know some years back, and uh, that is adding to the middle class and upper middle class uh, consumers in India. The way the mindset is changing within the rural and semi-urban consumers, I think they are aspiring for you know more or less very similar things as that of you know urban consumers. As a result of which, I think you know a certain premium or semi-premium products or even the attitudes, their consumption habits are changing big time. What has also happened is. That given that they are uh, they have higher disposable income and they have you know more time with them, I think at times you know they are more clued in on what's happening. They are more clued in on friends and stuff like that. What we have seen in the last few years uh, is that you know uh, there is uh, a sizable increase in uh, the Indian middle class and the consumption of you know premium and semi-premium items. primarily driven by tier 1 tier 2 towns we seeing a good amount of growth coming in from semi urban uh, tier 1 and tier 2 towns so chitra the story of the indian middle class has been an article since 1991 if you remember i think india today first uh, talked about the rise of the indian middle class in 1991 that's about 30 years ago and uh, many people give many definitions uh, many simple things is the middle class growing absolutely certain there's no doubt about it. I'll give you a simple number. A lot of the newspaper reportage over the last few days has said that 67 million people have paid income tax last year. Okay, because income tax closes on July 30th. So you take 67 million people, 
multiply that by 4.4, you get 292 million people. Okay, that's the middle. Anybody who's paying income tax, you can roughly say is in a middle class, you know, almost certain. You take away duplication of 10% of uh, working couples, etc. You are talking of 270 million or 260 million. To this, you add rural, which is not taxed. Now, the rural population, which is not taxed, could be anything between 100 million to 200 million. So, even if I take the bottom number, 100 million, in a simple roundabout manner, you are talking of 350 million to 400 million people classified as middle class. That's the first one. The second one, if you actually look at the price data, in 2005, we had 2 million rich households. In 2020, we had 11 million rich households. And in 2031, we'll have 35 million rich households. This is, by the price definition, people who earn more than 30 lakhs per annum. Second, if you look at the middle class, in 2005, we had 30 million middle class households. In 2020, we had 91 middle class households. And in 2031, we are expected to have 165 million middle class households. In the next few years, the middle class will become the median. And they will certainly change everything to do with consumption. They'll certainly change everything to do with brands, distribution, etc., which I'm sure that we'll discuss. Uh, the middle class is evolving and will be the main medium in a few years' time. While the price report said the size is growing exponentially, the Kantan report said the character, as in family sizes are shrinking and more nuclear families are there and spend in different ways than joint families. This Kantan report also put Parley as the top FMCG brand in terms of consumer reach point. So, Mike, uh, as a brand which is reaching out to the consumer most, can you give insights onto how this shrinking family could change the consumption? Especially because I think pack sizes could change, right? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, if you go through the report, and I was there when it was presented, you know, we are seeing uh, more nuclear families in uh, urban India, which is, you know, even conventional wisdom will tell you that. And what happens is when you're talking about urban India, semi-urban India, where nuclear families are on the rise, convenience plays a very important role. So when you talk about packaged food, that becomes one of the important categories to fall back on in terms of, you know, convenience for the homemaker or for the housewife. So consumption of packaged food goes up significantly, as a result of which most food companies are benefited, most processed food companies are benefited, and you see, you know, a good amount of consumption happening in those nuclear households. In fact, uh, they're more open to innovations, they're more open to new products, uh, new ideas, and new categories. They're also the ones who are driving the growth of, you know, quite a few packaged things. So if we talk about the nuclear families, uh, they are shaping the food market. They are the drivers in terms of, you know, they are the early adapters to many uh, packaged items. They are also the ones who are uh, disproportionately contributing to consumption of uh, processed food and packaged food, given that, you know, they're looking at convenience. And that's what was also coming out in the Cantor report. We see a significant uh, higher adoption of uh, packaged food, especially in, in nuclear families. Of course, uh, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that the uh, joint families or large families, uh, they do not consume it. What differs there is, you know, the types or categories which are consumed and the pack sizes, as you rightly said. So if you look at uh, the other report that Kanta came up with and which they started this year onwards, which is out of home consumption, a lot of consumption also happens, you know, when you talk about nuclear families and they are mostly out, you know, the incidence of working women 
nuclear families is high. Uh, as a result of which consumption out of home, out of home consumption is also higher in those families. And we've seen uh, that also being reported from this year onwards. Uh, and you've seen, you know, some of those companies which otherwise one would find, you know, uh, relatively down uh, in terms of ranking in in home consumption are going up. I'll also like to delve upon, uh, you know, uh, take this opportunity to delve upon uh, the channels. If you look at some of the channels which are growing phenomenally, like Quickcom, uh, they are driven by, you know, the convenience aspect, especially by uh, the nuclear families where, you know, time is at a premium. Uh, you know, out of the four uh, uh, family members, probably two of them or three of them are working. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, due to paucity of time, they fall back on Quickcom. Uh, more often than not, they order things at the last moment. And as a result of which, uh, it has implication. Now, normally when you go to a modern trade, uh, you know, there is tendency of buying bigger packs. But when you go to a, a Quickcom site and you are ordering something, those packs are typically mid-size or smaller size packs bundled together or something like that. Yeah, got it. Shil, would you like to add? Yeah. If you look at the data, uh, Chitra, the average Indian family makes 152 trips per annum to purchase something or the other. 80% of that is food. Food is understandable because people seek freshness in food all the time. Okay, people will check the, you know, packaging code and expiry date of biscuits, chips, etc, etc. So that's what it is. In terms of the highest stock category in the country of the 11 million FMCG outlets is actually shampoo at about 88%. I think biscuits is number two or three. Then you have detergent soaps, toothpaste. Tea, which used to be the number one a few years ago, has dropped out of the top 10. It's no longer in the top 10. And specifically pack sizes, because consumers are shopping so much more often, the average FMCG pack size has dropped from 227 grams in 2021 to 181 grams this year. That's a drop of 21%. That's a lot. But that presents a great opportunity in terms of revenue management in terms of thinking through what kind of pack sizes will people buy. India has about 40% fixed price points, low unit price packs, sachets plus fixed price points. The challenge is how do you maintain a fixed price point and innovate to a price point above that? I think that's what's important. And in terms of channels, which uh, Mayank touched upon, people who are omni-channel shoppers, the same report says that omni-channel has doubled in the last two years from 3 million to 6.4 million households. Omnichannel typically is e-commerce plus modern trade plus general trade put together. These consumers tend to consume more categories that tend to consume more large packs and tend to consume more innovation. So that's how I see this business of pack sizes and shopping trips. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the other aspect of uh, the changes in consumption pattern is this premiumization. We've been talking about premiumization for a long time. And at the same time, why didn't, I mean, on one of uh, the newly affluent consumer is upgrading and uh, opting for premium. Uh, there seems to be, there seems to be still highly price conscious. Look at the fast over the tomato price, you know, I mean, so they will make bigger spending on basic. So how do you, how do you look at this dichotomy? How do marketers tackle this price challenge? Uh, Shiv, you want to move past or mine? Why don't we take one? Yeah, sure. Happy to go. The first thing is the premium trend 
will happen will continue to happen chitra okay you cannot uh, say that it won't happen you don't need to justify the indian consumer is not gullible she is your mom and my mom she is not gullible at all she recognizes value when she sees it she recognizes when something is highly priced out of out of range india has always been an aspirational market there's no doubt about it. if you look at premium portfolio in most categories the premium portfolio of a company is about 20 25% and in times which are challenged those that premium portfolio typically defined as margins of having more than 50% gross margin the economy portfolio or the mass portfolio is about 30% in times like this you just have to ensure that you have to grow your premium portfolio the mistake many companies make is they drive for volume hell for leather for volume they discount like mad and suddenly they dry up on profits the second mistake they make in times like this is to cut back on advertising and not give their brand enough tailwind that's another big mistake that people do okay and you should not do that the third mistake people do is to cut grammage and to cut quality one of the chips company has just cut grammage went back after 2 months they are now growing at 2% when the market is growing maybe higher than that so you cannot confuse trade one of the important lessons of inflation always is remember in india when you have 11 million retail outlets that guy feels the inflation pressure more than anybody else the retailer his earning drops if categories drop so he will always push to consumers brands which he thinks are damn good value in inflationary times and that is something most marketing people and sales people just don't understand the other thing which happens in uh, inflationary times on market slowdown uh, chitra and i'll give you examples of that is i think ceos marketing teams stop telling the truth i'll give you a, a tangible example in the middle of 1990s the coffee prices thanks to el nino went up by 200% and in tamil nadu to drink coffee was as good as paying your monthly rent for a one or a two bedroom house the market tanked by 32% but in hindustan lever the coffee team was blind and they just refused to accept it and they kept telling the sales guys you're doing the wrong thing i was the regional manager of south they actually came and i was away traveling to i am calcutta to do a speech they harassed the sales team till 4 in the morning telling them that you need to do more and sharing information that categories have slowed down for whatever set of reasons is very important ensuring that your profitability is met not just volume is very important when you have inflationary trends and these are things which bad habits which companies get into and this tends to overhang a few years after the inflationary trend and then again everybody will wake up and say why why are we not driving premium and innovation so this is all correlated and the most important thing in inflationary times is please ensure that you have a great narrative to the retailer that you've not cut quality you've not cut grammage you are actually investing in the brand to grow it that is what works everything else i have seen over 20 30 years does not work okay so my panel uh, is also what onto the premiumization trend so you can share your learning during the inflation have the mass brands run better or how 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 are things shaping because even actually the pandemic had an impact where people stuck to the premium right I completely agree with what Shiv uh, said that you have to be very honest, and Indian consumer is absolutely value conscious. So you know, while 
you know, you cannot play around with the quality, especially during inflationary times. You know, this big tempt of probably compromising a bit on quality, saving a bit on cost that way. That's something that should be avoided. Secondly, I think, you know, what would also uh, help or rather, in fact, what is helping us today when we talk about our entire platina range or our entire premium products is, uh, you know, probably offering them greater value in terms of right pack sizes. A semi-urban or a rural consumer may not be very comfortable buying a 50 rupee, 70 rupee biscuit pack, uh, a premium pack, but you can always offer him a 10 rupee pack, you know, probably with lesser number of biscuits, same quality, you know, uh, same product and at more or less same pro rata price. You need to reverse re-engineer uh, your offering in terms of managing your packaging cost and stuff like that. But if you can do that, uh, you know, they see they see a great value in it and they normally buy it. So, I'd just like to share one, you know, recent uh, 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 market visit experience that I had. I was visiting a small place called Jagdishpur. It's a 5,000 population village, uh, you know, in Unao, next to Kanpur. And uh, I was generally checking on, you know, products which normally sell them more uh, uh, conventionally, we think so, like, you know, Paleji or a 2020 cookie or a magic screen, which are all value creams, cookies and glucose biscuits. And I was surprised to find uh, bourbon and uh, jam biscuits and stuff like that from our range as well there. And, you know, I was generally chatting up with a retailer and she rightly said, you know, he has to be sold on the idea. So I said, you know, you know, and this was a B-class of shop. And he said, no, no, sir, our this is very good. To which I said, but you know, rural mein zyada ye bikta hai. You know, he told me that, uh, sir, this is rural mein bikta hai. Glucose aur wo sab zyada rural mein bikta hai. I was utterly surprised. I mean, the way things are changing. And I said, rural kya hota hai? Next day, I, uh, you know, went to uh, another place uh, in Lucknow district, small place called Kishinganj which is about, you know, 700, 800, 1,000 population kind of thing. And that's where I saw, you know, you more of those things selling and stuff like that. So, geographies are being redefined. Consumers there are being redefined. And when you talk about premium, while we may think certain things to be premium, you know, given the right pack size, given the right offering and given the right value, they are very well accepted, even in, you know, lower pop strata or, you know, uh, uh, rural areas as well. Yeah, it's very really interesting you talk about this geographical difference and all that because we have kind of seen some blurring of boundaries between urban and rural. Uh, so, uh, for instance, cosmetics, a lot of premium beauty products do very well in rural. So, is there a homogeneity happening and how do mass marketers tackle this? Thanks to digital and awareness and, uh, I mean, they know the information at the same time as and the other urban household. So, how do you tackle this kind of modernity that is coming? Since their aspirations are getting very similar, I would not say 100%, but pretty close to or pretty similar to their urban counterparts, I think what really makes a difference is the same offering being repackaged relabeled or, you know, offered to them in a different way. So, as I just shared that, you know, maybe a 5 rupee or a 10 rupee pack of, you know, a bourbon or, a, you know, a jam biscuit or for that matter, a cookie, a chocolate chip cookie would work really well, you know, in those areas. They may not be uh, ready to shell out at one go because they are they are a little more value conscious than their urban counterparts. Uh, but in terms of their outlook, in terms of their aspirations, since they are exposed to media, 
I mean, you should see what they follow in, in media. And, you know, I think given that they have more time, uh, you know, uh, uh, to themselves, uh, I think they're clued into many things which probably their urban counterparts are not in terms of trends and stuff like that. So, they are aspiring for those kind of things. The only thing is that you have to ensure that, see, they, they traditionally or conventionally, they were not used to some of those things. And in last five, ten years, they have started, you know, consuming. So, it might take a bit of time for them to reach to a level where their quantum of consumption may go up. But the consumption of those categories is not really very different from their urban counterparts. So, how do you repackage those offerings for them is something that really would make the difference uh, and, you know, would give you success as a brand market here. Yeah, all right. Also, we are sticking to this geographical differences. I mean, apart from rural and urban, there's also stark differences in consumption in the south and north and maybe east and west. So, uh, income levels are certainly uh, different. South seems to be more affluent. And the family sizes also, we've seen that there are more nuclear factories. So, how does this present a challenge to marketeers? So, for certain functional items and traditional items, uh, you're right. I think, you know, there are differences that we see across zones. But largely, I mean, you know, given the exposure, as I said earlier, and, and you know, exposure to media, very similar kind of things and, and a changing outlook towards consumption. Uh, what is happening is, for aspirational products or for uh, what we call in food, indulgence products and stuff like that, I think it's far more homogeneous. Probably, you know, certain flavors like chocolate and all uh, are very well received today across India. Now, this is very different from what it was about, let's say, 15, 20 years back. Around 2007, we launched one of our premium products called Melano. It's a premium cookie with, you know, chunky chocolate chips. When we launched it, it was very well received in, you know, west and south, not so much in north. Uh, and I was visiting the Allahabad and I was in one of the retail outlets in uh, Civil Lines. Civil Lines, Allahabad has one of the best gentries in UP. And you are talking about one of the best areas or suburbs uh, in Allahabad, which is Civil Lines. In Civil Lines, in one retail outlet, uh, you know, a class retail outlet, I was generally chatting and I was taking a feedback on the new launch, which was Milano. And you know, the retail retailer told me, what have you seen launch? Kiya hai? I'm talking about 2007. I was surprised. From 15 years back, this kind of an outlook, where it, you know, they still traditionally believed that kaju, badam, dry fruits are more premium, to today, where chocolate is a far more accepted taste across India. Across all zones. So, when it comes to indulgence, when it comes to aspirational things, I think it's far more homogeneous. It still might differ in very basic or functional things. So, for example, let's say, you know, if I'm talking about biscuits, uh, a East market would typically gravitate towards, you know, a Mari kind of offering in functional uh, biscuits, whereas, you know, a West or North would more uh, align towards a glucose kind of variety. But when it comes to aspirational products, I think, you know, it's far more homogeneous. Okay. Interesting. So, taste matters also. I'm presuming coconut biscuits would do where it's certain geography and so on, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Shiv, your take on this? Yeah. The first thing about uh, consumption is, uh, Chitra, that consumers are getting time-starved. And when they get time-starved, they're looking at convenience. 
what is convenient, what can I replace my traditional chore of building something, mixing a few ingredients, etc. Take something like ID Foods. ID Foods gives you fresh batter, okay? 48 hours shelf life, 72 hours shelf life, etc. They also give you fresh decoction. So what does the housewife do? Buy the ID batter, make the dosa, make the idli, and you know, finish it. Rather than spending an hour or half an hour trying to get the batter, uh, you know, mixture ready. So that's the first thing. So time is at a premium for consumers. And time and premium products, etc. go hand in hand because it's easy for them. If you look at four platforms which are actually impacting both urban and rural India significantly, which is leading to a rise in consumption, the first is e-commerce. You know, today I think Amazon supplies at least one order to something like 97% of pin codes. So e-commerce, the platform is across the country so there is no boundary of urban or rural India for e-commerce. The second is personal loans. Thanks to digitization of the banking system, we see a number of loans sprouting up everywhere and I'll give you some data around that. The third is modern trade. Modern trade is now going with people like DMART into second tier towns, third tier towns. That's the third platform. The fourth platform which is actually driving a lot of aspiration is OTT. OTT is available across the board. People are seeing the same type of ads. People are seeing aspirational content, etc. If you take loans right now, one of the fundamental shifts which has happened in India is, in the past, income minus expenditure was saving. Today, it's income minus expenditure minus loan surveyed is equal to aspiration plus savings. That's what it is. So, Today, personal loans are more than non-food credit and industry right now, industry loans in this country. People are taking personal loans, which are unsecured loans, to pay their credit card bills. People are taking unsecured loans or personal loans to go on holiday. So all the drivers of consumption that we have always talked about is happening in large measure thanks to the amount of personal loans people are willing to take. And if you just look at Durable's data, the middle class, only 71% own a refrigerator. Only 30% own a car. Only 7% own air conditioners. And only 13% own a computer. All these categories are prime candidates for loans. The number one loan in this country is the housing loan. The number two loan is the personal loan. The number three loan is the vehicle loan. So loans and easy access to credit is driving significant consumption across the country apart from e-commerce and modern trade. I think um, to an extent, you and mine have touched upon this digital commerce changing the consumption game totally, you know, and we've seen the arrival of ONDC. And I mean, even for all that, right now, the penetration of e-commerce is not all that high, but ONDC hopes to push the penetration of e-commerce to as much as possible. That's not true, uh, Chitra. In metros today, e-commerce is bigger than modern trade. In some parts, believe it or not. It's already double digit in many metros. So don't go by this thing that it's not happening. It's happening big it time. It did happen, I mean, especially during the pandemic, it did happen. But we've not reached like 50% levels of the West, right? So or that will take time. For example, yeah. one of the big things which is happening on e-commerce, you'll be surprised. The top three countries on vegetable e-commerce are actually UK, China and India. It's happening. You'll be surprised, Chitra. So don't go by what the FMCG boys tell you. They are the last people in the queue to digitize. Mine must be. <laughs> yeah. 
no no he is he is uh, absolutely right so the way i think e-commerce has uh, grown in last few years and covid has only catalyzed it uh, i think uh, convenience is playing a very important role in terms of and that's what i was trying to touch upon when i was talking about qcom so you know if you talk about qcom the way qcom growth is happening there is no reason why in a in a country like india where people are so value conscious should go out and buy things from qcom when they can get it at better rates at better value from mt despite of that the way you know qcom is growing today and ecom is growing today i think is phenomenal so people are ready to pay for that convenience and the way that conversion is happening a lot of consumers moving on to qcom and uh, ecom i think is phenomenal from you know the earlier nielsen report which talked about 10% contribution of fmc coming from uh, uh, ecom uh, uh including uh, qcom but by 2030 i think today we are sitting at almost about 3 and a half 4 percent what really pandemic has uh, catalyzed is uh, adaptation to uh, this and i think people have also realized and they have started paying for the convenience that they are getting by means of doorstep delivery so um uh, the other point on digital commerce is certainly revolutionizing consumption is it also um leading to more categories coming into place yes people who are on e-commerce are tending to buy more categories and they're tending to buy more bigger pack sizes by and large especially the omni channel shoppers uh, that data is there in that kanta uh, study also the challenge with for the e-commerce players and uh, mayank talked about e-commerce excel is that e-com by definition cannot be premium because e-commerce is a virtual site which gives you the full range of brands so the challenge for a flipkart or the challenge for an amazon is they cannot upsell they cannot go the premium route to get profitable that's the fundamental challenge that all the platform companies will deal with and that is something that they really need to address they do not have a chance to charge 100 rupees more just because you are shopping on that site and that we have i mean people are opting to go direct to the i mean there are a lot of brands that are premium and d2c a brand can be premium the challenge to the platform is profitability they can't go premium that's what i'm trying to say closing thoughts from both of you on consumption how do i i think as far as uh, 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 indian economy is concerned i think we are in a very sweet spot in fact we are at an inflection point given all the positives you know the way income levels are increasing to the demography that's you know probably the biggest advantage that uh, india has today i think uh, the next uh, two decades are going to be you know really big in terms of uh we things would pan out for marketeers for indian economy and for uh indian brands i feel you know uh, it's going to be very exciting times next two decades and i think there would be a lot of things that would probably shape up as we go forward some of those which probably be able to focus some of those which probably may come up completely you know uh, unexpected okay the many things which uh, lead to consumption uh time i talked about convenience i talked about sensory appeal is very important uh innovation concepts are very important i think new business models to drive consumption very important so i think the whole host of activities we have thanks to being a fixed price point uh, market in most of fmcg uh, 40% of it we have traditionally thought of penetration as the route to grow consumption too 
penetration as a route to grow consumption of fixed price points works in a few categories like shampoo, where there's productivity involved. It does not work in most of the categories. So consumption requires very different type of thinking, which marketers need to build those capabilities. Okay, and there you can learn a lot from the West Chitra. That's what I would say. Okay. Very insightful uh, conversation. Thank you, Shiv. Thank you, Mike.